I've been hearing a lot of pastors reflecting on uh, Psalm 46 this past week in online sermons, and they've all pretty much all been going online. That psalm begins with the words, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the sea. So the psalmist is describing here a world that's kind of out of crazy, gone crazy, that's out of, out of control. But it ends with these words, be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is a refuge. So the message uh, uh, is clear that God is with us, but we do need to take time to be still and to know that. There's another psalm that, uh, that I, I want to share with you that, uh, that I referenced earlier that, uh, that you can read along with me if you'd like, and that's Psalm 131. It doesn't get quite as much attention as Psalm, like the 23rd Psalm or the 46th Psalm or some of the other ones, but it's been a favorite of mine for a long time because it's really simple and it's really short and it's really sweet. Uh, it's, it's about not trying to do too much. And uh, this, to me, sound, it seems like the perfect quarantine psalm. Uh, it's, it's about not having to have it all figured out right now, but just trusting in God like a child. So, uh, so we read in Psalm 131, O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. But I have calmed and quieted my soul. Like a weaned child with its mother, my soul is like the weaned child that is with me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time on and forevermore. The ancient Jews understood the importance of of taking time out for rest and renewal and and recreation. They were the ones, as we've been exploring here at, at First Christian Church, they were the ones who gave the world the gift of Sabbath. Of, of taking time to rest. They not only rested one day a week, they had whole seasons of Sabbath uh, that kind of like we're entering into now. Uh, every, 40, every 50 years, so that would be seven series of seven years, on the 50th year, they would have a Jubilee year. And, uh, and so we decided this year was going to be our year to, uh, to celebrate Jubilee. And, uh, and so we've been exploring Sabbath ever since. And with all of the, the public gathering closings that have happened, it, it's, as you may have heard me say, it's almost as if the world decided to join us uh, in this. Uh, last year, the staff and I were planning for this Jubilee year, and we were working ahead because that's what you do for Sabbath. You work in advance so that you don't have to do some of those mundane things, the ordinary things that you normally do. And, uh, and so we were planning what we would do uh, in terms of sermon themes and, and, and scripture readings. And, uh, and I have to believe the Holy Spirit was guiding us in that time. We came up with the idea of, uh, of, of sharing together holy habits uh, and talking about spiritual disciplines. And, uh, and it seems to me that when the world gets turned upside down, like it, like it has here recently in this past few weeks, it is these holy habits that keep us uh, grounded in God's love, that, uh, that give us peace, and that remind us who we are. Uh, of course, we've all been practicing the holy habits of, of hand-washing and social distancing, which really do become 
holy habits at a time like this. Uh, but, but there are other holy habits that are important for us to consider as well. So last week we talked about how Jesus was a vector, a carrier of the good news and love and welcome everywhere he went. Even for those that nobody else wanted to touch. Even those that were really kind of on the outside. Jesus welcomed them. He touched them. He spent time with them. This week we're going to be exploring the holy habit of trusting God, even in the midst of the storm, and not getting lost in fear, not getting lost in worry, which, is, which isn't an easy thing to do even during normal times. So we're going to take a look. Uh, this was the text that we selected a year ago. Uh, so this, this has been in the works all this time, and, and so we're just sticking with it. This is Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount uh, from Matthew 6, beginning at verse 25. And you can feel free to read along with me at home. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to the span of your life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, what will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things. And indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but strive first for the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. Have you ever read more relevant words? Do not worry, says Jesus. Seek after God, seek after the, the kingdom of, of God, and all of that other stuff is going to fall into place. But again, that's easier said than done. And I know that. I know that from my own personal experience. The other day I was driving home from this empty church building uh, to get a little bite to eat, and then I was heading back out to do some things, and I suddenly felt a, a kind of panic rising in me. Uh, that, that really wasn't too familiar. And, and a lot of questions kind of flooding my mind. Am I sick? Am I inf possibly infecting others? What's going to happen to our church? What's going to happen to our community? What's going to happen to all the, the fragile people that I know and love, some of, some of whom are tuning in right now? Um, it was enough, you know, it's enough to give anybody a panic attack. So, uh, so when I read these words from Matthew 6 that we just read, I have to say that I really was more than a little bit convicted by it. But at the same time, I looked back, I looked at the whole thing, the whole Sermon on the Mount, and I realized that just in, at the end of chapter 5, Jesus is also instructing his disciples to love their enemies. You know, I'm pretty, pretty sure he knew this was all going to be hard for us. Not just the trust part, but, but all of it was going to be hard for us. And yet, that's, that's what we're called to. So if you're anxious, then I want you to know that that's, that's absolutely normal. Uh, my, my advice would be, just don't live there. 
And, and please try not to share that anxiety and fear with others. Don't be a vector of fear and anxiety for others. Be a vector of, of peace. Uh, understand that it is normal. We're all a little bit like Charlie Brown right now. And I found this old, uh, uh, this old Peanuts comic strip. You may have seen this before. Life is difficult, isn't it, Charlie Brown, Linus says. And Charlie Brown agrees with him. And, he, and Charlie Brown has what I think is a pretty good philosophy. He says, I've developed a new philosophy. I only dread one day at a time. And uh, again, that may not be, that may not be perfect uh, because there's dread in the picture, but, uh, but we, don't have to, we don't have to worry about it all. We can, we can rest, we can relax, we know that God is in charge and we can each do our part. The fact is, we did not pick this situation that, that we are in now. And, and because it's been such a long time since any of us have ever gone through anything like this, we don't have any lived experience to draw from either. When, when Pastor Brian played Great is Thy Faithfulness uh, a little bit earlier, I was reminded that was my grandmother's favorite song, favorite hymn. She would, she would have absolutely loved that. If she were living, she would be 106 years old around that right now. She was four years old the last time a pandemic like this one came through our country. Four years old. Uh, so uh, again, we didn't pick it, we don't know how to navigate it, we don't like it, but the reality is we have to find a way to be faithful in the world now, as it is. Not the way we want it to be, but as it is now. There's a, a great quote that I, I came across again uh, this week from Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. Uh, it comes from near the beginning of the very first book. It's when Gandalf, the wizard Gandalf, is, is uh, talking to Frodo. And, uh, and Gandalf, who is a hobbit, a little furry-footed creature, uh, who's kind of the hero of the, of the whole story, and uh, Gandalf is explaining to him that this ancient evil has arisen. And now there is a very grave responsibility that has fallen upon this very ordinary hobbit. And so Frodo says, he says, I wish, I, I wish it need not have happened in my time. And Gandalf replies, so do I, and so do all who see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. Now, we may wish that a pandemic hadn't have happened in our time, but that's beside the point. Our job is to do what we can with the time and with the resources given us. Our job is to trust God and to take care of each other as best we can, given the parameters that we have now, even if it's from six feet apart, even if it's from with inside our own homes. One of my uh, favorite spiritual writers, a, a monk and a theologian by the name of Richard Rohr, describes our current situation as a, a highly teachable moment. And I think he's right. Uh, this is what he said to, in an email to his friends. He says, there's no doubt that this period will be referred to for the rest of our lifetimes. Now, we really are living in historic times. And he goes on and he says, we have a chance to go deep and to go broad. Globally, we're in this together. Depth is being forced on us by great suffering, which as I like to say, always leads to great love. That's, see, that sounds like kingdom stuff to me. 
When Jesus talks about seek first the kingdom, this sounds like kingdom stuff to me. Love God, love neighbor, no matter what the season, no matter what the circumstances. Seek after God's kingdom. Do those things. Everything else will fall into place, just as God intended. And we can go deep, and we can go broad. So get in the holy habit of turning to God in, in, in prayer and in trust when you feel the panic rising in you. Uh, if you're like me, you might, need to, you might need to say the Lord's Prayer. You might need to recite the 23rd Psalm. That's my go-to. Another strategy is to reach out and talk to somebody else who is isolated and alone right now, and there's a lot of people who are, are, are feeling that way. Reach out and talk to them. Uh, there's probably no way that you can feel better to yourself than to help somebody else. What you want to avoid at this point is letting fear in the driver's seat. That's not to say that it's not still going to be hanging around out there on the edges. It, it will be. But remember that fear gets us nowhere. As Jesus said, you can't add a, an hour of, of life uh, to, to your life. You, can't, you, can't, you can certainly subtract from your life, but you can't add to it by worrying. This week is the beginning of what could be a really a long haul. We don't know where we're headed or, or what might be in store for us, but there is something that we do know that we are victors, that even though there are battles to be fought yet, the war is won. And, and certainly we're going to be back here, if not together on Easter, we're going to be back here talking about that at that point. I want to share with you uh, um, the last reading that I have, because it says this better than I ever possibly could. This is the Apostle Paul uh, writing uh, in Romans 8, Who will separate us? from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or coronavirus or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. That, that particular verse has never spoken to me before today and before reading it in this context. And then Paul says, no. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is good news. As scary as the world sometimes seems, nothing can separate us from God's love. So practice, practice those holy habits. From hand washing, to Bible reading, to, to checking on your isolated friends and family and neighbors. We can do this because we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Therefore, may God bless us and be with us every step of the way. Amen.